Hey, what's going on, UWB community? Drake here. Just wanted to bring you guys a podcast. Uh, sorry I wasn't able to get one out to you guys yesterday. I was sick, so I have an intestinal intestinal disease that uh, it's called diverticulitis or diverticulitis. Um, and uh, I have like pockets in my intestines where it releases like this toxic gas or something like that. I'm really not exactly sure what it does, but anyways, it just caused me to throw up and uh, I threw up like 20 times yesterday, so it was a real pain in the ass. Um, had to go to the emergency room because I just, I wasn't feeling good and uh, I hadn't had to spout that bad in a while. Um, but yeah, so I just needed to get a podcast out for you guys. Wanted to talk to you about a couple of things, see what you guys' thoughts are. Also, um, if you guys have a pen and paper, I encourage you to write down my email. I'd love to hear from you guys. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, what you'd like to hear, what you'd like to see. Um, don't forget we also have a Discord as well. So get your pens and papers out. Uh, you can end up emailing me at drakepbentley at gmail.com. So it's going to be drake, D-R-A-K-E, P as in Papa, Bentley, B-E-N-T-L-E-Y at gmail.com. Email me your questions. Email me if you guys have stories, if it's about aliens, Sasquatch, if it's about a kick-ass pasta recipe, if it's about video games, if it's about an awesome military story, if it's about something sad, if it's about something that you think people should be knowledgeable on or you think people are interested in, email it to me. I'd love to discuss it. I'd uh, love to give you a shout-out because without you guys, we wouldn't be here, and I'm so appreciative for you. So, um... Uh, speaking of that, just wanted to go and hop into a couple of different things I think that you guys might find interesting. Uh, so, I wanted to talk about the uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, which is Jeffrey Epstein's uh, ex-girlfriend. Um, so, as you guys know, she was picked up. She's in the same jail that Jeffrey Epstein was put in, but uh, that jail obviously has a track record of not being able to secure high-profile personnel because Jeffrey Epstein died under suspicious circumstances. And in my opinion, I think he was murdered. Um, you know, if you look at the records from what the guard was saying, the guards were uh, complacent. The video cameras suddenly decided to go out. You know, just a lot of really strange occurrences. And we've already seen a couple of strange things where the guards shut off the security cameras in uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's cell because they wanted to give her privacy time. Look, fuck her privacy time. Fuck that. All right. The people deserve answers, uh, the children deserve justice, and we deserve to find out what it is that's going on. We deserve these names. It doesn't matter if they're high-profile politicians, if they're Hollywood actors and actresses, we deserve these names, and we deserve to know what it is that's going on. There's this huge underground child pornography and child abduction community that's taking place in America, in and around the world, especially in impoverished areas, um, especially in areas where... Uh, uh, you see um, natural disasters that take place. You see a lot of these people, they swoop in and uh, they take advantage of these situations where they appear to care for these people, but they really don't, and they're just testing the community. Um, so it's a really crazy situation, but we definitely, we deserve justice. We deserve these names, and if it were up to me, I would have, I would have a person on every single corner of that jail um, on the outside of it, taking pictures of every individual entering, every individual e exiting, take pi taking pictures of every car, and letting the guards know that we are fucking watching you. Because the people deserve justice, and most importantly, the children that have been abducted, manipulated, sexually assaulted, abused, murdered, they deserve justice before any of us, because their innocence was taken from them. Um, so, just wanted to talk to you guys about that. You know, what would you guys' suggestions be? What would you guys do if you were a guard at that jail? 
Um, also, some crazy, crazy news about the federal judge that was taking up Jeffrey Epstein's case, where a uh, I'm hearing that he was an attorney, but I'm also hearing that he was an assassin or had some sort of tie with some sort of assassin, right? Uh, and this is all speculation from what I'm picking up. People are trying to say that this is factual stuff, but I'm not really sure if I'm sold on him being an assassin yet. Um, but he dressed up in FedEx gear. He ended up knocking on her door, ended up executing her son, shot her husband. He's in critical condition, uh, but he's stable. And, uh, yeah, so what would you do if you were that judge? You know, you're trying to uphold justice and do what's right. You just picked up a very high-profile case, probably one of the most high-profile cases in American history right now. And your son just got executed in front of you, and your husband was just murdered. Well... He was shot uh, in critical condition. You know, that's a big deal. What would you do? I mean, uh, I feel like we need to have armed personnel there to be able to protect her. I think that that should have been something that should be happening with all these high-profile cases. With these mob cases, with these uh, uh, high-profile political cases to ensure that justice is being met. And uh, justice isn't being overlooked, you know. these people aren't being influenced by outside resources, whether it's people coming to their house and threatening them, or uh, you know, uh, situations like we're having now. You know, it's just crazy. Uh, I think the law enforcement community in that area is severely failed, and I think that they really need to pick up the fucking ball. And if they don't, then I think that people like us do. We need to come in there, armed citizens, and protect our judges. We need to protect our people who uphold justice. Now. Uh, I understand you guys may feel as though some judges are corrupt or they're inappropriate or you think they have too much power, and I'd be inclined to agree with you on some circumstances. But you got to understand that these people are also the backbone of the legal community. And if they're not protected, then they're not going to be able to uphold justice. And that's a huge pitfall. Um, then if, uh, if a federal judge is getting the message across that they're not going to be able to uh, appropriately just or put justice first, um, then we have a huge issue, uh, and that's a big deal. Um, so what would you guys do? What would your thoughts be? What's something that you guys would consider to be able to protect these people, to be able to protect these federal judges? In my opinion, I think that either people like us need to go out there armed and we need to protect these judges. Now, we need to do it in a civil way, not anything crazy, attacking people, nothing like that. Um, uh, or we need to have the FBI out there or have, uh, uh, have law enforcement out there on the corners protecting their people. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's that's just my opinion. That's what I think we should be doing with high-profile cases like this. Because if it slips through the fingers or it falls through the cracks, then we miss out on all these names and these, these victims miss out on justice. And uh, that's a really scary deal. Um, also, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this stuff with this cashless society. Uh, I wanted to see what you guys' thoughts on that were. I'm, I'm seeing a bunch of uh, places where they're going cashless, where they're only accepting credit or debit cards. Um, and uh, that's just a really shitty thing to do. That means that if we go into a cashless society, that everything is traceable. Um, and that would also probably adversely affect cryptocurrency, which cryptocurrency is for the most part completely tra- uh, untraceable. Um, so you can have a transaction and not have any government inter- entity because it's not regulated. Uh, you could have uh, you could have them tracing that now. Um, so yeah, it's just definitely interesting. Um, I, I definitely disagree with it. I think that it's a really dangerous thing um, to have a cashless society. Um, it even does away with simple things like birthday cards or your grandparents giving your kids gifts or uh, little cash gifts or you know um, uh, 
you know, 14, 15, 16 year old kids who are going out and working at a farm or doing something and getting paid cash straight up front, you know, it kind of gets rid of the incentive of hard work. Um, and a little unknown fact, and I think I've spoke on this before in other podcasts, is that only 90, 97% of money is fake. So whenever you open up your bank account and you see in your Chase or your Navy Federal or your Bank of America or really any bank, uh, that money's fake. Uh, only 3% of money is actual printable currency that you can actually touch and hold. So if we went to 100% cashless society, that's a very, very dangerous thing. That means that every transaction is traceable. That means that every footstep you, or everything that you buy leaves a, uh, a footprint. And, uh, you know, I'm just not cool with that. Whenever it comes to money, whenever it comes to buying guns, ammo, I don't want my shit traced. I want my stuff to be as, as little of an impact as possible because I don't believe that it's a, uh, uh, a government's right to trace things like that. And, I mean, we're talking things just as small as gas, groceries, electric bills, water bills. Um, everything is absolutely traceable. Um, and I keep a pretty significant amount of cash on us usually. Um, and... Uh, that would just be absolutely devastating if that cash meant nothing anymore. And on top of that, uh, I just I completely disagree with the government's control in uh, cashless society. Uh, we're in a battle for our freedoms. We're in a battle for our rights. And whenever it comes to cash, cash is one of those things that's very important. Um, and uh, you know, Hitler in Mein Kampf, he had a really and I. I Hitler was a very smart man. Uh, he was a very evil man, and I uh, definitely don't condone any of the things that he was that he did or was doing. Um, but he had a really interesting concept. He said uh, that whenever you want to attack people's rights, the things that you do are is you attack them at a minuscule level where it's confused with either taking rights or protecting. So, in other words, he's saying that the government could portray these messages: "Oh, we're protecting you because we want contactless paper." Uh, we want contact, contactless transactions so that we're protecting our, our American citizens from COVID-19 when in actuality they're stripping away your rights as American citizens. And that's similar to how I feel about masks. Um, you know, personally, it, it doesn't really affect me, the whole mask thing, because um, I do see positives for it, but I also see negatives for it. I believe it should be an individual's right to choose whether or not they want to wear a mask, but also I see a lot of people that are out there on social media where they're posting these videos or these uh, these accounts from uh, people that they've dealt with in, uh, in businesses where businesses are denying them entry. Well, you got to understand that a lot of these businesses that you're going into are private businesses, uh, and they maintain the right to deny you access. So it's not really an infringement of your rights uh, from that aspect because it's the business's rights to deny you access. Now, I would say that they're probably just not as educated and they're not seeing it from a different perspective of, say, of seeing that COVID-19 is mainly just a political agenda. Of course, it happens in an election year. Of course, the economy starts collapsing in an election year because they're trying to get Joe Biden in. Um, I think that a lot of this is, uh, I think that the world that we live in is far darker than what we can imagine. And I think that the average person is... Uh, in denial of that or they're so innocent because they can't comprehend the fact that there's evil around them at all times because they compare their daily life uh, to everything else so what I'm saying is is that if they don't experience any evil then they don't think that there's evil that's around them and so I don't think that their mind comprehends the fact that there are people 
in political spheres that are trying to take away their rights as citizens. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that's just this COVID-19 stuff, this, uh, the, from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to uh, the hard left and some of the, the political policies that they're trying to push out or they have pushed out in, these, uh, in California and New York. Definitely strange. We're also, uh, at just something really strange that's been going on is that I've been seeing these unmarked vehicles uh, with federal agents in them that are snatching citizens up in the streets. Now, there's been a lot of, uh, it's people are saying that it's hearsay, that all oh, of these actually are marked vehicles, but from the videos that I've seen, there's no identification of that they're patrol cars. Uh, that's Gestapo-type mentality. Uh, I don't give a fuck if they're CIA, if they're FBI, they're ATF, they're DEA. It doesn't matter what they are. That's unconstitutional. They need to be inside marked vehicles. They need to have badges on them. They need to have badge numbers. Uh, it doesn't matter if they're National Guard troops or whatever because they're dressed in military apparel. Uh, they're wearing OCPs. You know, that's completely crazy. Now, this is happening. That What I've seen is in Portland, Oregon. Uh, now, I'm not a, I, don't, I don't agree with Antifa. Now, uh, I agree with the message of Antifa, of anti-fascist, but Antifa tends to be dwindled down into a fascist movement themselves. Um, uh, but I'm seeing a lot of these Antifa members getting snatched up by federal agents. And uh, in unmarked vehicles, uh, some of these guys are peaceful protesting and they're just getting picked up in the streets because they're apparently in an unauthorized zone, which is a public street. I didn't know that public streets could be deemed an unauthorized zone. Um, and so I think that the right, uh, the right wing um, political sphere needs to come together and realize that, hey, this is dangerous. This is really dangerous times. What's going to happen whenever they start outlawing uh, uh, the Second Amendment, like they're outlawing the First Amendment of freedom of speech and freedom of press and gatherings, uh, which is kind of what's taking place right now in Portland, Oregon. You're seeing some of these peaceful protesters get snatched up, but what is what is the right going to do? Because the right's not acting. Uh, the right's not acting on any of this. The right's like, oh yeah, blue lives matter, support the cops no matter what, right? It's a bullshit mentality to have. Um, that's unconstitutional behavior. You don't get to roll up on people in unmarked vehicles and um, and snatch them up in the streets, regardless of what political sphere they're in. Because what's going to happen is is that they're going to outlaw the Second Amendment eventually. Because, I mean, I'm not sure if it's going to be in my lifetime. I could definitely see it. And uh, then you're going to have these same agents that are rolling up in these unmarked cars swiping up these Second Amendment advocates uh, whenever they're out in the streets protesting peacefully. So at some point, we do have to unite. We have to come together and understand that the message, uh, although maybe different, we're still trying to protect ourselves as Americans. It's just we go about it in a different way or we have a different ideology. Uh, but if you guys would actually communicate, you realize that the foundation is the same. Um, and hopefully that makes sense to you guys. So just because it's a, a left-wing group that's getting uh, picked up in the streets right now um, doesn't mean that it can't happen to a right-wing group. And the right-wing groups, I'm really losing faith in a lot of these guys, and that's why I'm I, I'm leaning towards a libertarian or a constitutional absolutionist. Uh, and I've always been this way, is because whenever something happens to the left, the right does nothing about it, even whenever it's unconstitutional. And whenever something happens to the right, the left does nothing about it, even whenever it's unconstitutional. They they only pick on each other. That's all they do. There's no there's no ground that's ever gained. All that the right views it as is, oh good, they're attacking the left, which are these evil characters who want socialism and communism, which Antifa does for the most part want that. It's just they're too uneducated to realize that that's what they're getting whenever they go about the actions that they're doing. But some of these guys are protesting peacefully. They're in groups of peaceful protesters with nonviolence. 
and these federal agents are sweeping them up. And then you have the right-wing guys where they're just letting this shit happen. So at some point you got to come together. At some point you have to unify under a message. You have to unify under a cause. You got to put your mask down. You got to put your signs up, uh, and you got to unite because you you got to realize this is separating us, and then this is going to cause a bigger issue than what I, I think uh, a lot of us can even fathom. Um, so it's a really big deal. Um, yeah, and also uh, the, the thin blue line. I wanted to talk to you guys about that. Actually, I I got into a discussion with a guy the other day. Uh, I'm in a Facebook group. It's called All Out Tundra. Um, it's a really cool group because I own a, a Toyota Tundra, I own a Toyota Tacoma. Uh, I, I do the I have the Tacoma for like outdoor stuff, going through trails and and um, just like little in city stuff or whatever it is that me and the wife plan on doing. And then I have the Tundra. It, it hauls our camper around. And uh, so I, I hop on these groups just to get general ideas uh, for things that should go on the Tundra or issues that people are having and so I can keep an eye out for it and stuff. And every now and again we get these people that where they, they post these pictures of themselves <clears throat> and uh, or they post these pictures of their trucks and they have these thin blue line flags on there. Um, and uh, I ended up making a comment on there where I got into a discussion with a guy about why I disagree with the thin blue line flag. Why I disagree with the thin blue line because as you guys know I don't support Black Lives Matter. I don't support the Thin Blue Line. I don't support All Lives Matter. I don't do any of that because here's the thing. If you're morally right, then you don't need to have a group to define you, okay? Then you can just unify with other people with the same ideology without being dwindled down into a group because whenever you get put into a group, a couple of things happen. You end up being put into a category of all rights and all wrongs. So what I'm saying is, is that if that group commits a wrong, then you're wrapped into that group. If that group commits a right, then you're wrapped into that group. Now, that group may have committed a wrong, and you may have disagreed with that wrong, but since you support that group, everybody else is going to view you as you support that wrong, if that makes sense. So, I don't, I don't uh, support any of those groups. Uh, I support the Constitution. I support the rights of Americans. I support America, and it's that simple. You'll never see me wearing a, uh, a Blue Lives Matter shirt. You'll never see me toting around a thin blue line flag. Uh, all you'll see me uh, carrying around is an American flag. The colors of the flag are red, white, and blue, and they're like that for a reason. Um, and I got into a discussion with this guy on this page about why I don't support the thin blue line. Now, what's cool is is that this guy was super receptive because generally you find these guys where they, they think that you hate cops or that you're an anti-American because you don't support the thin blue line, and they end up getting it confused. that uh, that they A lot of these guys find it hard to imagine that you can... Be pro-America and not like cops. Um, see, I, I don't really care for cops, but I do support good cops, right? As majority of Americans and logically thinking people do, right? So I got into a conversation with this guy, and I, I began uh, quoting the U.S. Code that states you're not allowed to put any other color on the U.S. flag. And the reasons why you're not allowed to put any color on the U.S. flag. Now, I don't care what picture, what image, what color goes on there because the only colors that should go on there are red, white, and blue because what happens is, is like, let's say that you go out to a rally, right? And it's Black Lives Matter and it's Thin Blue Line. You know, those guys, they tend to clash a lot. And um, you have a guy waving a, an American flag. It looks like an American flag, but it's a Thin Blue Line flag, so it's blacked out with white and blue, right? And he's waving this flag. Now, in the mentality of the Black Lives Matter member, they're going to think that now the, the American flag stands for oppression because they're signifying cops with oppression. So whenever you tie a political connotation to the flag, that's whenever I completely disagree with it. 
The flag is red, white, and blue for a reason. Um, whenever you start tying uh, a political connotation to it, that's whenever you start losing me. That whenever you start changing the colors, that's whenever you start losing me. Because no matter what race, religion, ethnicity, or group that you belong to, the American flag signifies unification. It signifies struggle. It signifies everything that it took to get here. Whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, doesn't matter. If you're American, then you unite under that flag. And whenever you change the colors of that flag to your political agenda, then people look at that flag in a negative light. Now, although the flag may have changed colors, that still resembles an American flag and is based off the American flag foundation, right? So, whenever you do something like that and you tie that political sphere to it, and then you divide people. And that's not the point of the flag. The flag is meant to bring people together. It's meant to bring Americans together. And you're not going to have a Black Lives Matter member, for the most part. You, know, you, you find those people in, in those groups who support Black Lives Matter and support the Thin Blue Line. Um, you know, and good on them, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever you think is right within yourself. Um, and you have these people uh, where they tie this flag together um, with a hate group now. And that's not what the American flag is supposed to be about. You know, it's unification. It's to signify a struggle as Americans, uh, the growth as Americans, our, progressions at, our progression as Americans. So whenever you start putting different colors on it, uh, take the, uh, uh, the rainbow flag for... Um, uh, LGBTQ originally it resembled the American flag and I disagree with that I disagree with the thin blue line flag anything that takes the American flag ideology or the look of it and puts their own spin on it I completely disagree with it and if you guys have different opinions on that if you have a different ideology please let me know you can get a hold of me in discord you can get a hold of me on messenger uh, feel free to reach out anytime if you disagree with what it is I'm saying if you agree with what I'm saying because here's the thing I'm not always right and majority of the time I'm wrong uh, and I have a really great time being wrong because whenever I'm wrong then it gives me an opportunity to learn and then I can adjust myself and be right um, so yeah it's pretty amazing um, also yeah the little updates so the RV life is going well uh, it's a little cramped for space um, the wife has a little bit of a hard time adjusting to that but she does a great job um, meeting me in the middle um, it really allows us to have a better financial future. And uh, I spoke on this in the podcast two days ago where I gave you guys a quick seven, eight minute podcast just to tell you guys where I'm at and where I've been and what's been going on and why you guys haven't seen a podcast recently. Um, and it's been great. You know, the financial future that we hold from this because we made a small investment of buying this 33 foot camper and it allows us the opportunity to save our money because our, our monthly rent is less than a thousand dollars for renting the lot and uh, paying for the RV itself so it really isn't bad and it saves us a lot of money and what our end goal is is that we'd eventually like to buy either a place out in Alaska Texas or uh, uh, somewhere in the mountains like Tennessee but our main goal is Alaska building a, a little compound out there taking the RV out there temporarily living in it while our house is being built and it allows us an opportunity to really be able to get financially free, not have to worry about creditors, not having to worry about taking out a $200,000, $400,000 loan from a bank. Um, instead, we can save up that money um, and try to put down as much as we can. So our goal is to get some Connex boxes, and you know those average from anywhere five dollars to $10,000 a piece, depending on what it is that you're getting, the size, the length, the height of it. Uh, it really just depends. Um, and uh, building us a little compound out there and 
hopefully the wife, whenever she fills up to it, she can get her blog going and get us some stuff together and she can document the things that we're doing. We can talk you guys through uh, what it is you guys should expect to break or fix or need to look into something new on your RV. Because I know a lot of our folks are interested in living a real minimalistic lifestyle. Um, living in a small impact on the earth as you can um, and just feeling free, you know. Um, it's cool to live in a city. It's cool to live in a big metroplex every now and again and to experience that need to get that life um, because I think it's a really unique experience. Um, but also I think the, the most amount of freedom you can get is in the wilderness, uh, is being completely self-sufficient, not really relying upon anything else, going out and hunting and scavenging and growing your food. And just, it makes you more appreciative for the environment. It makes you more appreciative for the creatures that, whose lives you take because uh, it, you're right there in that moment. You know, you don't go down to a store, you don't buy the meat already packaged with this animal already slaughtered. Instead, you're doing all this yourself and you try to make sure that every aspect of that animal gets used. And so that's the type of lifestyle that we're slowly trying to move into. Luckily, uh, I have a buddy who's really hands-on with this stuff. He's been, he's been doing this stuff for years and he's building him, himself a compound out in New Mexico right now. Uh, gonna get out there and I, I talked to you guys about him on the last podcast where he's gonna teach me different things different techniques He's a lot older than me uh, Really good dude. He has so much knowledge and so much skill. He's a prior active duty guy I went to the guard really smart dude So he's gonna show me all the uh, homesteading techniques that he's learned that he's taken up and that have worked for him and uh, uh, We're gonna use this RV as a growing place to be able to put us in a better financial future to get us in a better headspace and to learn how to live as minimalistic as possible. So if you guys are interested in that, definitely stay tuned because we're gonna be talking about that here and there. Um, and uh, and then you guys can follow the wife and, and uh, you guys will see me on there. I'll, I'll talk to you guys through like the more messier stuff, like the black water tanks, which is where all the, uh, the fecal matter and stuff gets processed in your RV and pushed out to the sewer line. Um, I can talk to you guys through all the stuff that's broken and uh, that is probably going to break. But yeah, I think it'll be a really interesting concept. Um, and if you guys have anything to teach us as far as like plant growth, as far as animals, feel free to reach out. If you have any book suggestions, that would be amazing. You know, we really appreciate all of our listeners. We really appreciate all of the different perspectives. Um, we have thousands of listeners now, and it's so amazing that you guys tune in. Uh, we've had a couple of drop-offs due to the fact that I wasn't able to put out a podcast in the last month with everything that's going on, but I think that'll end up catching back up and we'll end up getting our viewers back up. Um, so yeah, come here Shady girl. You hear that? That's my uh, that's my pup Shade. She's our little black pup. She's so sweet. She's our first dog. So uh, whenever we lived in Sumter, South Carolina, uh, I went down to a shelter that was right down the road from our house and we ended up picking her up and I surprised my wife with her. Uh, and she has just been an absolute blessing. She is the sweetest dog ever. She's an asshole to other dogs for whatever reason, isn't she? Yeah. Uh, but she is the sweetest dog. Um, she's just looking at us with the, the biggest little eyes right now. I know. She's just so full of love. And then we have uh, we have another terrier mix. Um, she's a little bit of a bigger dog. She's about 40, 45 pounds. Uh, we ended up picking her up from a, uh, a pound because they were having a, a deal Cinco de Mayo, where you come in and you pay five bucks for your dog, and that's exactly how much we got her for, and she's worth every bit of five bucks. <laughs> she's a huge pain in the ass, but she's such a sweetheart, uh, and she's a good dog. And then uh, 
one day I had responded to a call, and this is our third dog. Uh, I had responded to a call on base of a dog that was on the loose. Uh, the dog would only come up to me, and I put the dog in the back of the patrol car, got her some food and some water, and I was with one of my really good buddies, Turner. By the way, if you're listening to this, Turner, love you, man. Can't wait till you get out here to the West Coast. I hope your family's doing great. Got nothing but love, and if you need anything, feel free to reach out. Uh, but I was with my buddy Turner, and uh, I ended up seeing this dog that we were looking for because we got a call about it, and it would only come up to me, and so I ended up getting her in the back of the patrol car, and then I looked for her owner for about an hour and a half. Finally found him, and he was an absolute asshole. He picked her up by the back of the neck and just threw her inside the house, and I was pretty pissed off about it. But I was like, you know what, let's be tactful because I'm not going to end up getting OSI involved because if I get OSI involved, then he might end up killing the dog before they ever get a chance to come out. So I just started talking to him real cordially instead of being aggressive with him. I was just like, hey, man, if you don't want the dog, I'll take the dog. And sure enough, he was like, yeah, you know what, I don't want her. I don't want anything to do with her. She's a pain in the ass. Can you get her? And uh, so I came back later that night after shift. I ended up picking her up. Um, and she hadn't been given a bath or hadn't been bathed in probably, what what would you say, a year, year and a half? Yeah, it, it was awful. She was so matted up that she was having a hard time, like, walking around and doing normal stuff. Um, her so eye boogers were so bad she couldn't see. Yeah, her eye boogers were so bad that, her, that she really couldn't open her eyes all the way. She was having a hard time seeing. Um, so I ended up getting her in. We gave her, like, an hour bath that night, because, and she was so dirty, just the dirt kept pouring off of her. Uh, and she's a little Shih Tzu Terrier mix. Uh, she's about seven pounds. Really sweet girl. Um, so yeah, I, we have a pretty busy little RV, but it works out. We've turned this place into a home, and that's what's important. And uh, humans have such a unique ability of taking any place and turning it into a home. Um, we have a couple of people that I've that have actually reached out to me um, who are felons, uh, which is really cool to hear because that means that we're impacting a couple of different demographics and that's amazing. And um, that's one thing that, because I had one that got a hold of me whenever on the last podcast about RV and everything and how we, we have an ability of turning things into a home. And he was talking about prison and how he has an ability of turning, like he saw in prison that even in the most dire of situations, humans have such a unique ability of turning things into a home. Uh, putting their own little twist onto it. So it's pretty amazing. And we've turned this little RV into our house and uh, we take our dogs to the dog park, do a lot of running around. Keeps us busy, um, but it's definitely worth it because in the future we'll be able to uh, hopefully have a compound that all of our UWB folks can come out, hang out with us. Uh, we'll give you guys a Connex box to live in. You guys can come out and hang out with us, bullshit with us, do whatever you want to do for a week or two. Uh, but yeah, that'd be fun. But yeah, so I just wanted to bring you guys a quick podcast, just talk to you guys about a couple of things that have been going on. I uh, wanted to get you guys' feedback, uh, wanted to get my feet back in the water with the podcasting, um, and stay tuned because we're going to have some more eventful podcasts. I'm going to try to get us some more guest speakers on here. I'm also going to try and head out to the Strip, talk to some homeless people, talk to some people who just have different perspectives because we have a, a crazy amount of people here. Uh, people that are visiting crazy amounts of de demographics, black, whites, Hispanics, Asians, right? So we have left wing, right wing, right in between. Uh, some of them are going to be drunk, some of them are going to be high, uh, but it's going to be awesome. Uh, I like to get out there, uh, get some recordings just for people's perspectives, put it on the podcast for you guys, or maybe we'll end up doing something different instead of making a podcast on that. We'll upload it on a YouTube channel. 
and you guys can check it out. Um, also, you, you guys know that I'm huge about different perspectives. Uh, you guys know that I love different perspectives. I love different mentalities, no matter if it's a really bad one or if it's a really good one. Uh, I suggest you guys check out this channel called Soft White Underbelly. Such a good channel. Such a good channel. So this guy mainly hangs around the Skid Row area uh, in Los Angeles, California, and he gets these really incredible stories. And I think you guys would really enjoy that because a lot of you guys are like-minded people. So um, check that out. Show some love to the guy. He has no clue who I am. Absolutely no idea. Uh, I'll, I just watch all of his videos, and so does my wife. Um, but show some love to him. Check it out. Um, and I think you guys would really enjoy those perspectives as well. Uh, I'm going to end up dropping a podcast for you guys tomorrow night. I think you guys are going to really enjoy that because it's going to be a big one. Uh, I just wanted to bring you guys a quick one with everything that, that is going on right now. Give you guys my perspective on a couple of these things. I'm going to bring you guys a big podcast tomorrow. Uh, I just was waiting for a good time to drop it. Um, and I think that tomorrow night is going to be a good time to drop it. Uh, so bring you guys an hour, hour and a half podcast, give you guys something to listen to. Um, really appreciate all of our listeners. Make sure you hop in the Discord, talk to us, uh, leave any suggestions, comments, concerns. Uh, check us out on Apple, on Spotify. We'll try to get on a couple more platforms like Google and a few other things. Um, just so we can reach as many people as possible because I think we have a really good message. Um, also, if you guys want to get a care package together for Justin uh, Barrow, you guys can reach out to me. Uh, send me the stuff that you guys would like sent out, and then I'll end up sending it to him overseas. I think you guys uh, have made a couple of comments about that. Um, yeah, so check us out. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram. Stay tuned for the Snapchat. In two weeks, you guys are going to have video. The wife is going to be working on that this week, trying to get that uploaded and getting everything together and working for you guys. And I think we're about to blow up. I'm so excited. I'm seeing the, uh, the changes. I'm seeing the, the messages you guys are sending me. Um, and if you guys have the time, feel free to leave a rating on Apple, Spotify. Leave an honest rating, okay? I'm not asking for fives. I'm not asking for fours. I'm not asking for anything. I'm asking for an honest rating. Leave what you guys think we should improve on. If you think that we're a one, then leave a one. If you think we're a three, leave a three. If you think you're, we're a five, leave a five. And anything else, feel free. I, we just want some positive or honest feedback um, and uh, so we can grow the channel to better benefit our viewers. And so we really appreciate you guys. Make sure you check us out. And, yeah, peace.